hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan? Now? Mike Young stories that need to be told. Semi rushed. Not even an emergency podcast, just sitting in the car in L.A. on the freeway with my brother Rob and uh, white boy Rick just called from prison. My brother just met him kind of for the first time, talked to him, right? Yep. yep, yep. It's it's interesting. I'm feeling like the world's most interesting man. I'm just a stand-up comedian, writer, getting phone calls from white boy Rick, who's they just made a movie about him. His movie's coming out. In September, starring Matthew McConaughey, got put in prison on a nonviolent drug offense back in 87. He was 17 years old. They caught him with eight kilos of cocaine and they gave him a life sentence. However, the FBI had been using him already as an informant when he was 14. It's an incredible story, but I just got off the phone with him. Rob's here. I love when my brother comes on the podcast. People dig it. And uh, what do you think about that, Rob? Just talking to Rick, like hearing him talk. Isn't it a trip? You hear someone that's been locked up 30 years, yeah. there's like a calmness in his voice and just sort of a, you know, an acceptance. What do you think? Yeah, you can definitely hear it in his voice. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's at a place of like resolution with where he's at in his life and he knows the end is near for his sentence to be, uh, you know, overturned. Yeah. So he can get out finally but it's already 30 years deep so but you can hear it in his voice it's uh it's a heavy thing but there's a free white boy rick movement out there and uh, you know matthew, matthew mcconaughey's on board who's starring in the, the new movie that's coming out uh that's going to coincide with your book that's coming out on him so i mean it's heavy it's heavy to, to listen to somebody that's been incarcerated for 30 years and the guy seems like he's been doing yoga his entire life yeah, he has a super calmness about him, and that's just how he has to operate, you know, and he kind of still speaks in a little bit of code, you know, he was basically just telling me, you know, there's ways he's got to survive in prison, ways he deals with it, and, you know, he it may be the right way, it may be the wrong way, he's, you know, it's, it's, it's a study in psychology as much as it's a conversation for well, me. Right, what he said was, there's no psychologist in any prison in Rikers Island or any prison that can help you deal with actually being in prison. You right. got to figure out your own way. There's really no counseling that can help you. There's no self-help books. There's nobody that can sit and talk to you and tell you how to deal with it. You have to learn to deal with it independently. Each individual person has to do that. There's no group therapy that can get you through what he's going through. And it's kind of like life. I mean, it's out here in life. It's the same thought. It's like in life, you can read all the psychology books you want. You can read all the motivational books you want, but you got to find out your own style of dealing. You know what I mean? You got to develop your own. Like I always say, it's, it's not levels that you're climbing. It's lanes that you're riding in. What's your lane? What's your style? You know what I mean? My style is a certain style. Your style is a certain style. You know, I, as a younger younger man i was looking at people like yo we're in competition i gotta do better than that no no it's not that it's do you in your lane what's your you know what are your skills what's your skill set you know i my skill set is i get along with all walks of life 
I could talk to the dude in the hood. I could talk to the CEO of the company. I just got off the phone with a 30-year prisoner who was in for eight kilos. And you just met an assistant that you used to work with the other night. We were walking out of Craig's last night. He's homeless. He's homeless now. But he was, you know, big time working for executives in the yeah. film industry. And now yeah. he's sitting on the corner, and you yep. recognize him, went over to him. Gave him five bucks. Gave him some money. You didn't want to give him too much. <laughs> My brother's like, why did you give him 20? I said, because I know that's going right to the to the cocaine, to the crack. Right. So I said, he just went and bought a little less. Yeah, he got a baby crack. But no, I get along with everybody. We walked out of the restaurant last night, and one of my boys who I knew 15 years ago who was working at an ad agency is now homeless. And he's on the pipe. And I said, yo, are you all right? He goes, no, I'm homeless. And it hurts to see, but his whole... He was riding it out. He was like, listen, I'm going through this right now. Yeah. I'm just going to go through this right now. He was really calm about it, too. Mm-hmm. He looked fairly clean, but he definitely didn't look right. I mean, he was walking crazy and, you know, it's life is life. It, it, listen, some people don't have the tools to handle what life's going to throw at them. Right. They just don't have the tools. So if you're not, if you're not willing to, I guess that, you know, go, going back to Rick, I mean, if you're not willing to, to pay the, the price for your, you know, for what you're going to do out there in society, you know, you then then you shouldn't do it because exactly. you got to have those tools in your toolbox. And what Rick was saying was, if you don't have those tools, you know, the prison will eat you up. Federal or state will eat you up. And he's learned how to deal with it in some incredible ways, which I'm sure he'll talk more about. Which we, you guys were taught, which was interesting to hear you talk about that, because when he does get out, he will be going on speaking tours and he will be, you know, doing what he needs to to make sure the kids that are on that path, you know, are enlightened by his story. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely got a, uh, a perspective on things. That's where he grew up in prison. He grew up in prison. He's been in prison twice as long as he's been out you know he was 17 when he went and he's 48 now it's really yeah it is very crazy it was it's it's a trip to hear him talk you know we've developed a cool relationship like it's just respect and i'm trying to do everything from my angle i can do to make people aware to get him out you know what i mean right and now he likes me better <laughs> anybody that talks to my brother for 18 seconds or less likes him immediately better and uh, you got your own lane, bro. You got your own lane. Yep. My brother has his own lane. You introduce him to somebody, he will talk to him nonstop for a good amount of time. And by the way, you and I, we're in different lanes. Yeah. I don't have the type of patience that you have with that type of thing. I, and it's, I don't think it's such a great quality of mine, but like, I'm more like life is a certain amount of energy and time that we have. If you aren't coming to the table with value or you're not coming to the table with just we're all making like you're making the day better, I don't want to sit and have a long ass conversation. But your day maybe gets better. I think your day gets better with a long conversation. I think you I get, like it. Yeah, I feed off of. No, you no, no, you don't feed off it. You feed it. <laughs> Everybody's hungry. So you're give, feeding them what they ask for, even if they're not asking for Rob gives. If I had a t-shirt, it would say, Rob gives. Words. <laughs> Words. You Words. started telling Case last night the story? What, what did I tell him? Oh, you were going strong. What do you mean? Oh, you started going into, like, satellite offices around the country, and then it became 
uh, you know, different places that you put the company and who you meet. And I thought it was going to end there, but it just kept going into full-blown... The writer case? Yeah, the guy that took the steak off my damn plate. Oh, I almost I almost lost two friends last night. Here's what I don't... I'm a very... And I'll just... You know this about me, Rob. You're very, very particular. Is that it? Is that the word? About certain things. Uh, I am particular, and I'm a lover of people. Love people. But if you reach across the table... Don't reach across. And you take food off my plate while I'm eating... Might be the worst move ever. You'll get knocked out. You could get knocked out. You could get stabbed. Family, friend, and it's not my doing. It's my soul. It comes out of me. So before dinner... Before dinner, we said... I know. We said Mike's giving me directions, It's which is an oxymoron. Because <laughs> he's got he's the wrong way. If anybody ever saw Gilligan's Island, he doesn't even know where he's at right now. But he's landed. Anyway, so last night at dinner, we went to a really nice steakhouse in uh, for Mike's birthday with a bunch of friends from college. Had a blast. Sit down, order a gang load of appetizers. I decide not to order a full-blown meal. Only because I knew that there was going to be a gang load of food coming for everybody's entrees. So I kept it light knowing that I was going to maybe get a little everybody's, which which was perfect, which, which happened. But I know Mike so well that I would never reach across his plate unless he said, you can reach across the plate and grab this. I would never just know, like do it on my own because I know how, how upset he would be because he doesn't like that shit. He's almost got... Um, like it's like mommy dearest Tourette's syndrome. <laughs> it's like I don't know what that combo is, but it's fucked up. Anyway, it's a psychotic thing. So, what, two things happened last night. Schleppy, Schleppy, one of our buddies, reaches across. Mike gets a big ass, beautiful steak with pepper. Perfect cor- steak. Perfect steak. Picture perfect. That steak should be you know those pictures it's in a the model. menu. You're like it's a steak model. <laughs> It's totally a steak model. I would sleep with that steak. It's those pictures in a in a menu where you're like, oh, you don't even read the menu. You're just like, I'll have what's in the picture. Um, are we still on? Yeah. Okay. So you're holding this up to my face oh, like it's... Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, and I'm driving. So he had this beautiful steak sitting to my right. Across from me is Schleppy, who I couldn't touch if I reached all the way across the table. Schleppy get Mike cuts the first couple pieces of his steak. And Schleppy... Just reaches across the table and just manhandles Mike's plate and takes his own piece. Puts with, a damn finger on my steak. Grazed your steak with the, with his naked finger. Fucking fat ass After finger. we got done playing backgammon at the pre-party. Filthy chip finger. <laughs> dice. And roll he's a dice. smoker. Yeah, everything. So anyway. His name's Schleppy. <laughs> yeah, so Schleppy does that. So that's Mike's first, like, pause moment, ornery. You, you just now hit it, struck a nerve. Struck a bad nerve. I changed my whole demeanor. Then, about, then about 15 minutes later, Mike's writing buddy, uh, Chase. Chris Case. Chris Case. Chase. Chris Case. You might know him. He had a show. Anyway, now he's, uh, he, now he's, he's showless. But he's working on some shit. He's a good dude. He's a good writer. Good dude. Great dude. Love case. And he's working on some shit, and he's he's well-known guy anyway. Back going, go. So there's seven of us at the table. Case comes up, makes it eight. The table's already tight because we're all grown-ass men. Big men. Case comes up. Not We don't know he's coming to the table. He grabs a chair from another table and moves it in as our main courses get there. 
Not only does he ask everybody to move over a few inches to make room for himself, but he reaches over oh. on Mike's plate. I'll fucking kill you, bro. He reaches over on Mike's plate and just with barehanded, who knows where he was coming from? I know where either. he was coming from. You know Filthy. where he was. He was coming from dirt. Anyway, he comes over. He grabs a piece of steak. Now, with his hand off my plate that I had just cut. Now I sit. Now there. I'm upset. You're right. So th- this is all going on. Meanwhile, I sit there. I know I gotta get over. Again, Mike telling me where to go. He's gotta get over. Get off on Robertson. I know Robertson. This guy's. I'm. Look, watch this. Well, these guys aren't from Detroit. Fuck this motherfucker. Look at this guy. Nice move. Thank you. He's got a surfboard. He's got yeah. no chance. So, so I'm sitting next to Mike to his to Mike's left. And he had already said, I'll give you a piece of my steak, whatever. I was prepared to cut my brother a quarter of that steak and just let him have it. You didn't nice give me a quarter. You gave me an end piece, which I had to dice up and make it look bigger than it was. I was going to give you a quarter till everybody finished. No, no, I steak. understand. No, no, I understand that. I never said give me more. I never took anything. I just took what you gave me. I just was, like, thankful for literally yeah. what you just gave me because I know how you are. So whatever you were prepared to give me, I was going to accept Thank and you. not ask for any more and take or take any less. Thanks. It was beautiful. And I got a little of the chicken parm, and I got some of the pasta, and I got some of the shrimp, and I got to sit next to Peter, our Viking friend, and tell him the difference between Greenland and Iceland. Where did that come from, by the way? Yo, that's a fact. How'd you know that? Because I got weird facts, man. Weird facts. My brother will just fire out a fact about where Iceland and Greenland got their names from. No one knows. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Ice, yo, Iceland is really should have been called Greenland because it's beautiful and lush, and Greenland should have been called Iceland because it's cold as hell. Yeah, but what do you think about me with my pro? Do you think that's a problem that I have that I'm willing to snap and stab somebody when they reach on my plate? No. Why I do think, I have such anger towards it when, when that happens? No, because it's like somebody stealing some shit from you. It's like somebody. It's like somebody walking in your house and taking a, a, a candelabra off your mantle. Or a fucking, you know, uh, like a like something off of your shit. It's your personal space. Yeah, don't fuck with my personal space. You know that. I know that. I've been through too much. Yo, listen, I'm sleeping at your place, and I feel like, oh, am I sleeping? Should I stay on the couch? Maybe I should just go on the floor, because this is where he sits. But God knows what happens on that couch. And I set my brother up nicely. Uh, I got him the sh- his own sheet, a beautiful blanket that uh, he sweated in. You gave, me, a, you gave me a down comforter for Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> in, I'm in L.A. I woke up. I thought I had a fever, but I didn't. I was just sweating in Mike's new blanket and, and duvet cover. Brand new. Brand new, which I I kind of manipulated that situation with a, with a big heart about it. And Mike, what situation? You know, all that oh. new shit. All your new shit. Oh, let's talk. Okay. I love that I got my brother here right now because I wasn't even going to bring this up. Let's talk about this. Oh, God, God. Okay? Admit yeah. when you're wrong. Admit when you're wrong. Two I come home. Five. Wrong. I got it. <laughs> I come home. I come home. Two weeks in Detroit. Tony Rock and I, six, five shows. I'm going to bring up two things my brother did now that we got you on the podcast and we have to talk openly about everything. Tony Rock. Okay, we're at the Tony Rock show. My brother comes in, couple Jack and Cokes in. We're uh, relaxed. Yeah. Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke. Couple Jack and Cokes in. Some basically looking homeless open micer dude is hanging out, lingering in the green room. And my brother tells him, yeah, go on stage. You you bring Mike up. I'm thinking, who the fuck is this guy that we've never seen do comedy before? 
who we don't even know if he really is a comedian. He just told us he was. Because he struck up a conversation with you and you trusted him or whatever, you told him it was okay to go up on stage. Now, I want you to know that's not okay. And I hope you know that and you need to admit that right now. Go. So. No, 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 no. Admit that. That is wrong. That's wrong. It was wrong. That is not your show. You have nothing to do with that show. That is Tony Rock headlining. That is me and Tony on the road. You have nothing to do with that show. Okay. Go. Well, I got... <laughs> all right. Well, I admit that that is not the right thing to do. At all. At all. Ever. At all. I may have stepped out of my lane. Not me. No, 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 no. I did. I stepped out of my lane. And I'm sorry. I was wrong. You never apologized. Did I just say I was sorry? Uh, it took a podcast. It didn't take a podcast. I said it then. You were mad at me then. Yeah. But the fact what? is, is that he came back. He was talking to all you guys. He said he was a regular there. No, no, no. And, 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 and hold on a second. Tony said, yo, Mike, do you want this guy to take you up? And I said. I said, no. I you didn't know. say anything. And I, and Tony looked at me. And I'm like, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'll bring him up. And now all of a sudden I'm producing your fucking show again. <laughs> so I was just there to hang out with you guys. Wow. And I'm giving the direction of who's coming up and who's not. And you shouldn't have been. I didn't. I, I didn't wield that our, power. I was given that power. No, Tony didn't give you anything. He listen, just, Tony the, didn't know what he was doing. Listen, the guy was horrible. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. Thank you. It will never happen again. Jesus, why is that so hard to admit? It's, you can never admit just a simple wrong. Uh, That's just wrong. <laughs> He's still struggling with it, but it's wrong. It is wrong. Period. But I, I admit. Right now, I admit, bro, I, if you're producing the show, you're producing the show. It's your show. You had nothing to do with that show at all. Were you guys always happy with the shows that I produced? Yeah, except you guys, when you drank once in a while and came back and did dumb stuff. and Like, like what? Like a couple times, like, you, you you know, like, at, uh, we were somewhere and you, I got mad. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, you know, first of all, fuck that bullshit. You, what, are you, what are you talking about? You first just of all, asked. Were we always happy with every show? Yeah, you guys should have been. You just asked. I was answering. You weren't answering. <laughs> you weren't answering. I was answering. All right, go ahead. Say something. But I think you're wrong. I think, I'm it doesn't right matter now. if you think I, I'm wrong. No, it's my I opinion. Because I don't remember really drinking at the shows or before the shows. After the shows, Bro, we went out. Yeah. I remember distinctly wrong. Tell yeah. Me, tell me where the only place one, was. Only tell one time. It was in Ferndale. Ferndale or whatever like one of the it was either Ferndale or Royal Oak backstage it was when we had uh, like maybe one of the young American dancers um, you can't you were we listen you were more than one American whatever dancer. I'm just saying it happened one time you were a little bit ornery when you get when you drink I'm not saying there's a problem at all but once in a while when you drink you get a little a little mean you get a little off your game hmm? you get a little like you were just letting shit go and I'm never like that when it comes to a show I want shit to be perfect I'm a control freak I admit it and I'm telling you there's been a there was a one time for sure but maybe t- maybe two maybe where you were drinking and you were producing the show and it wasn't working for you Yo, mom knows mom what do you mean mom knows <laughs> Was mom there? No. Yeah, mom, was, mom was there. Yeah, of course, mom. What was, was there. the show? I don't remember. Doesn't matter, bro. I can't remember where I live. You can't expect me to remember the show. All right, but the bottom line is, I'll tell you something. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. We did a show downtown at Alvin's. I had the, I had all the Second City people open up. I had uh, some music. I had some other, and, and that band came in at the end. And I remember we I, we collected all the money at the door. And we were leaving. We had a, a limo or like an old limo or some shit. And I, I think Jim was with us. And uh, 
we had Mr. Skin with us, who's family, but he was down there as well. And we had we had a limo to take us all down there. We were leaving. I remember I was pulling all the money out that we had collected for the show, and you literally reached over and took it out of my hand. Really? You, yeah, you literally snatched it from my hand. All the money that I collected before I could even count it, you literally took it. You go, that's mine. Yep, and that that fucking pissed me off more than that shit pissed you off with me. So boom, I got you. <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me that? Because and what was I doing I with know, the money? Because I, I thought you would be sensitive like me and take it hard. No, but what was I doing with the money? Was I divvying it up between comedians? Motherfucker, there was nobody to divvy it up. It was me, you, and Jim in the limo, and you just simply reached over and grabbed, took it out of your hands and said, that's mine. That's exactly what you said. That's mine. Just give it to me. You didn't ask, well, how much is it? You didn't say, is this all mine? You didn't say, have you counted it already? How did we do it at the door? Oh, you know, what, what, what is this? How much do I get? How do we split this up? Keep it. You never said fucking shit. You fucking re- I don't You were that. sitting next to me and you went zoop and you took it out of my hand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that at Greedy all. Greedy fucking artist. I don't remember that at all. It fucking pisses me off. Pissed me Bro, off. By the way, struggling artist at that time. <laughs> Make a right. Make a right. This was good. But you fucking took it out of my hands. And I made you a poster. Peter was in town. Peter was with us as well. I came to lunch. I remember, I even made you a poster. Like no, a, you made a, a great a poster. Graham, fra- I framed the fucking. I love the poster. I got it framed <clears throat> from the show. I made it. I delivered it to you at lunch, and you just whatever. It just was. It just. There's uh, no way I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Night, I wasn't thankful night, for the it was poster. A sold out fucking show. Later on that night, the show. I got the money. We're in the car, hoping like to go out later or whatever for food or or wherever we were going afterwards. And you literally took all the money out of my hand. Where'd I go? We, I think we went to the martini bar or, or the city cellar or something like that or wherever we went. It, it, it doesn't matter. Irrelevant. The fact is, is you got me, I got you. Sorry for drinking on your fucking show, if I ever did, that I don't remember. And sorry for putting that guy up on stage. And sorry for putting that guy up on stage a couple weeks ago. I agree. He sucked ass. Sucked. I mean, but took you, the show. I came you, out. But you I all- dug us out. Of course. Of course you dug. You, you dug. Fuck yeah, that's what you do. Dig them out. Listen, <laughs> face some adversity. Not, oh, okay. Throw somebody on the, every show that no, no one knows. But remember, I've produced a lot of shows, and I always like bringing people up. There's been people that I've brought up that have done well. I brought them up, up again, and they fucking went flat. You know what I mean? I've always been supportive of artists, period. You have the balls or the gumption to get up on stage, man or woman, I will give you some time because I believe in you. So No, Rob could be a Bill Graham. He was promoting shows in college with Third Base and Tribe Called Quest and uh, who else? Cypress, I mean, Hill. Cypress Hill. He was Jim he, Carrey. Jim Carrey. He was already pubbing up promoting. Rob loves entertainment. Yo, Dan Fulton. He's a... Dan, <laughs> He loves entertainment. Dan loves Wilford it. Was great. I said that. And is a great producer of a show. And he's got the best ideas for oh. anything I ever want to do. He's he's my go-to. Yo, Nitzareb. Remember Nitzareb? He's my go-to. So maybe drinking's just the thing to kind of. Yeah, probably shouldn't drink at the job. You don't ever drink on the job. I never fucking drink on the job anymore. <laughs> on the production, uh, I'm producing shit. I've no. never. I don't remember drinking. Maybe having a drink with you. Or whoever beforehand, but never like getting lit up and where I'm not controlling shit. So if I did that, 
I, I mean, I'm a grown ass man. I'm allowed to have a drink. But if I did that and I, and the show went, if it, I don't think it affected the production of the show. It may have affected the communication with the artists. And if I did that, I'm fucking sorry. Right. I don't particularly remember any Apology of those times, accepted. But I will tell you this. I fucking love doing that shit with you guys because I love you guys. Because the guys on the Young American Comedy Tour, like, like Tony and Sebastian and Brett and all those guys, they're like family. You know what I mean? We were at Sebastian's house today trying to buy a scooter that you're definitely not going to buy. And by the way, Sebastian... Don't try to sell Mike the scooter. You want to loan it to Mike for a month? Loan it to him, brother. Come on, give me a break, bro. You don't need you don't need the money that you're asking for for that fucking scooter. Mike will pay for the gas money. If you need some insurance to keep it up, he'll pay for that too. But give me a break. Dude. Five grand, Jesus. There's no protection. Where the fuck? It goes eighty, and he only it goes eighty miles an hour for what? It's a scooter. You don't need that. Is that Rihanna? Rihanna. Not Rihanna. Oh, na-na-na. Na-na-na. So, anyway. I'm not, I was going to get the scooter. I'm not getting the scooter. My brother talked me out of a scooter for the danger of it. Forget. Yes. I mean, did Sebastian's not riding the scooter. He was for years. Why is he not now? Because he's got his kid. He's more nervous. He's just nervous. What was he back then? He just didn't have a kid. He was still Sebastian nervous. I don't know why he doesn't want the scooter. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact is, is that if he's not a broken scooter... No, I'm not getting it. If I want to spend three, th- if I want, I'll, I'll go get my own brand new scooter. He's got no tail light. Sebastian, let Mike borrow the scooter when he wants to. Like How about I take the scooter? Yeah, or let him. Just, I'll call you. I'll give him, you fifty bucks a month for a scooter. Let him get it out of you. Know, you know what? Did you ever offer Sebastian just to get it out of his garage and keep it in your garage? No. Just offer to keep it in your garage so you can get out of his garage. He's got a the garage. The fact is, his baby stroller takes up as much room as that fucking Vespa. It's a nice Vespa. I could not believe how fast it went. I think it was a little, dust, a little dusty. No, but it's not clean. But the thing is fast. But we were at Sebastian's today. I'm not. I'm not mad at him. He doesn't know where he is. I had to go meet his business manager to talk about a Vespa. Who, by the way, parked way too close to the garage. Keep an eye out for that guy. <laughs> I thought he pulled up way too close to your garage, Sebastian. Seemed like a nice guy. No, that wasn't his car. Well, whose car was that? Sebastian's. In the driveway. The black car that was in the driveway. The Porsche. Yeah. That's Sebastian's. Sebastian, you park so close to your own driveway, man. You got to be careful. Be careful, bro. What's wrong with your depth of depth of perception? Seriously, who's depthing? Anyway, maybe we see you tonight. We're going to go to the comedy store tonight. Is he in town? I think he is in town. Oh, no, he's out of town. Oh. Well, we're taking the scooter up to the comedy store tonight. How about I get four days on the scooter? Then I'll tell you if I want the scooter. Yeah. Maybe that's the ticket. I think you should just keep it at your place, ride it when you want to. But the problem with that thing is there's, I mean, you're just exposed. Right. Rob's worried about the drivers in L.A. Everywhere you look, someone's on their phone. It's bullshit. Right. Anyway. All right. That was a great 30-minute podcast. 30 minutes? Come on, man. We can't be done with the podcast now. Let's tell them what else we did today. We signed a contract. Today we signed a contract. Where? Where did we sign the contract? Delos. Yep. Oh, we signed it in Malibu. You know, and the best Rob part. and I. Go ahead. Uh, my friend, who I've talked about many times, but not many times, but Leonardo, Leo, I could say his name. Leo, he uh, he's part of a company called Delos. They do well standard for commercial buildings, green energy, solar energy, making sure the building that you work in is clean, fresh. You get the most production out of your human beings. And it's just all about making it 
a safe environment to work. Leo's on the board. It's He's part owner of this company. My brother, Rob, who's in the car with me right now, Rob introduced the company called Delos. He took them to Detroit. And he, my brother introduced them to the biggest ballers in Detroit and to put their system into all the commercial real estate downtown. Through my relationship with Dan Gilbert, my brother's relationship with Dan, they're going to try to make Detroit clean energy, clean air, well-standard, well-certified. So we've been going back and forth for almost a year on the contract so that Rob and I can be involved in everything that we help them with because nothing's for free anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It just ain't happening. Relationships are real. They're serious. You introduce A to B on a business deal. I don't, I'm not looking for a kickback. This is just straight business or else we shut you down. And so back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My brother ran the whole thing like a quarterback and we got the contract up to speed, up to snuff, up to par. And we went to Malibu and we signed it in the fresh air today. And that was dope right on the beach, right on the PCH right on the pier in Malibu. Rob was flipping through pages and we both signed away. And now we got to stop at a, actually, we, just, we should stop. No, we should get a, we should, well, whatever. We'll, 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 we'll figure that out. We're taking care of it. The Take fact it. is that we went down, we, we, we finalized it today. Thank God for my cousin, Michelle. Thank God, our cousin who's a lawyer. She walked us through the process step by step, handled it all. I got a little out of hand a few times when my brother cut me off the emails. He told me I was going to ruin everything because there was a moment I thought maybe somebody wasn't being fair with us. And so when I get that feeling, I get, I get. Thank God for Michelle. Thank God for my cousin, Michelle. Thank she, God for Michelle. Michelle fucking is a boss. She's the boss. She's the boss. I, you know, she's a female. She's the female boss of the, of the mob. She, she's, oh, she's yeah. Michelle Soprano. <laughs> Michelle's the greatest, and she was our conciliar throughout the entire thing, and she will always be. And it was, she made it seem easier than it truly was because she took the complicated and was able to explain it to us. And she, she made it, she did the right thing by us, and in turn did the right thing by everybody, and worked it out, got it to where it is today, which is assigned contract executed um and whatnot so congratulations to me and my brother yeah and and, and michelle it we couldn't could have happened without michelle nope. could not have happened without michelle and she fucking crushed it and even up until today i just you know i've been you know with work and i'm traveling and business and and whatnot that it, it's just been something that we wanted to get behind us and we did finally today so it was huge and uh yeah, it was awesome. It was like a family affair. Literally, it was beautiful. It was me, Mike, and Michelle on the phone today. And with her blessings, we did it. We got a couple more things to do because that's the way big business is done. But the, essentially, the contracts are signed and we're moving down the road. And we'll, listen, we're tied into a standard that is uh, an international wealth standard. And that's the way the world's going through the sustainability um portals of the world and companies and big businesses that's the, what they're looking for and so we Leo, are, get to Detroit and we are a conduit for that and yeah whether it's Leo or the ex-presidents or you know ambassadors or people in the UN that are all about the sustainability and the well standard you know we got connections for you so you know come see us if you need help to get to where you want to be or if you need some people with some buildings uh, to bring them up to speed from the 20th century into the 21st century um, especially Detroit, we are doing some big things in the D, 
and we are not stopping. And there's other places that we're doing it around the country and relationships and connectivities to be made. And it was a team effort. I mean, thank God for my brother, all the craziness and all the, you know, you know, you're fucking crazy. You're, <laughs> you got the fucking, it's like, you know, artists, you're like an artist. I mean, you're an artist and you're also, you got like the gangster blood. So you're like, you don't necessarily read everything or like understand, you know, like the business side of things, but you got like this gangster side of you and you also are in the entertainment world and you also have all these big relationships so you just want to shut things down like cold turkey or you want to fuck this and fuck that and do this and this isn't how it's going to go. I'm going to do this. And thank you. <laughs> Getting back to Michelle. Cooler heads prevailed. And we, we I was ready to shut down building blocks, <laughs> blocks of buildings. Was like- I was going to call the heads of everything and say it's over. Shut them down. <laughs> because I felt like there was a moment where they weren't being right with me and my brother and things were moving without us. And I was willing to call the number one dogs and just shut shit down yeah, and that's you, my problem you had the ability to tur- make an make you know to turn a satellite off its trajectory like you were about to do some crazy shit and that's cool but no it's not i mean not necessarily i mean it's cool if you're if it's just you know hypothetical but this was reality <laughs> it's crazy but anyway it was fun we got through it and we're need- good now and i think we should go spa and maybe a foot reflexology Let's do it. I'll take you. I'll tr- let me treat you to a foot massage, bro, to where I took Cameron three times. Foot massage would be great. They just literally put you in a chair, soak the feet, start the massage. Yo, yo, let's talk about, yo, since we're talking about foot massages and we got a couple minutes. I got a what about, first. what about Jesse? Heads up, buddy, in the yellow cab. Just chill the fuck out. So how about, how about Connecticut? We talked to Jesse today. Jesse Itzler, my boy for 25, 20 some years. I mean, another family, another brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. Super duper unbelievable. Legend love. in the game. Just awesome. Legend in the love game. Legend. He's just he's and health. Love. He's well-being. He lives the well standard. You could just take Jesse, put him in Leo's building, and the building will be cleaner. 100%. It'll be the, the greatest productive building. Jesse's made out of fruit, on. vegetables. And solar panels. And happiness. And a solar panel for a hat. For sure. <laughs> for sure he has a solar hat. Yeah. So anyway, his 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 masseuses came to his place. We never told that story about the masseuses that came to his place after the paddle boarding race in the Hudson River. So Jesse's friend of 20-some years, one of my best friends. He's my boy. He is just, get his book, Living with a Seal. His next book coming out is called Living with a Monk. He is hilarious. The day he got out of Living with the Monks, I was the first person to see him. He talked for two and a half straight hours. He hadn't talked in 30 days. I can't imagine being in the hole in prison because he came out on fire. Couldn't stop talking. But but he's got a beautiful place in Connecticut. Rob and I went uh, in in New York City at the time. I had just finished My Man is a Loser. (laughs) We wanted to show the movie and screen the movie. Jesse has these amazing masseuses that rub your feet for hours and they know everything. You're going to make it right here. Right, right. They know everything about the foot, everything about... You know, reflexology. They drove in from Connecticut to give us massage. They drove an hour and a half to rub our feet. To New York City. Rub Rob it. and Rob loves them because he's got bad feet, and it just anytime you can rub <laughs> Rob's feet, it's just you're you're in. <laughs> I'm like an. They rubbed you to sleep. My first screening of my movie, my brother fell asleep. He was snoring through the half of the movie. <laughs> it's the best. Yo, the greatest thing was is that the woman told me she literally just slid up and took my foot and put it in her hands, and she said, "I will bet." 
that you have one of the best ball movements of your life. And I never met this woman before in my life. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, your, your digestive system is connected to the nerves in your feet. Rub your foot, go to the bathroom. (laughs) If you're constipated, I wasn't constipated, but it was just the idea that this woman I'd never met before uh, told me that. And then I was out cold, never saw Mike's movie. I saw it in the theater, so I never saw the screening. Never saw my screening. We were so excited to lay down and do it. Rob got one foot rub, make it right at the street. I know where I'm going. Did you have the clicker? Yeah. And uh, Rob fell asleep during my movie. We looked, we we heard a noise. It sounded like a rumbling or thunder. Make it right. I know. And it was Rob snoring. By the way, you're snoring, bro. Maybe you have sleep apnea. No. Have you thought of that? Did, I, did you hear me last night? Hell yeah. Come on. You can, I had serious? to turn on Paul Simon on my phone. <laughs> and go to helps? sleep today. Yeah. Are you kidding? I got out Sounds of silence. <laughs> which you're not. Uh, anyway, that's it, bro. It's 30, we're 35 minutes in. That's a perfect little podcast. We just came down with PCH. I got my brother Rob in town working here. He was doing business with Blue Team Restoration down there in San Diego, killing the game like he always does. He loves podcasting. We always talk it out. He always brings out the best in me. He's hard on me, but he's correct all the time when it comes to any of my shit. I think I'm pretty correct in your shit too. Yeah. Any kind of any any I'm correct. And I love uh I just love being around them because it puts, you know, everything in perspective and there's just nobody better to be around. So we're lucky that we have this relationship. Not all brothers do. If you don't, I'm sorry. I hope you got good friends. But uh that's it. We're out. Stories that need to be told. I'll see you in Florida. Me and Sagitt are playing Seminole Casino. I'll see you at the Irvine Improv and I'll see you at Portland Helium. We'll be out there. Mike Young. Uh, check me on Instagram at the real Mike Young. Rob, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. This is a good podcast, brother. Great podcast. Goodbye from White Boy Rick. Let's get him out of prison. Peace. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a man two. now. Check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. No sound. time. Get it down. Now. Now. Take me back uh, when I was one, a kid. Two. Never had to worry about what I did, but I'm a man now.